We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 11th, 2019. And today, another current event study. And um, before we get into that, I'm just going to go over uh, what I titled The Biblical Remedy for Spiritual Heaviness and the Importance of Mourning, meaning like when you mourn over something. Uh, now, I kind of have covered these in the past, but it just is a good refresher because we're faced with a lot of the news cycle is very dark and um, <clears throat> it's overwhelming for a lot of people. It's overwhelming for me when I have to cover this on a week to week basis. The Bible does predict it. The Bible does give remedies. And that's kind of why I wanted to go over some of these verses. Obviously, this is just a brief study on this particular subject, but um, hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. Uh, Jesus quoting Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them are, that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then in verse 20 it says, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, meaning fastened on Jesus. Now, the next verse in Isaiah, so he, he read, Jesus read Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. But the next verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 61, 3 reads, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So, <clears throat> we talk about the oil, oil of joy for mourning. So, ultimately, and I'm not saying this initially, but ultimately, the oil of joy is the remedy for mourning. Ultimately. I'm not saying that when, you, when you're first in mourning, that's not a place that you need to be from a scriptural standpoint. But then it says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And these are kind of parallel things. So <clears throat> that verse came into my head the other day um, heavily. I got I got a letter from a longtime listener just absolutely ravaging me for blaming me for essentially the news cycle that I cover. And, you know, accusing me of all manner of things and, <clears throat> you know, how this and that. And I'm like, and I at the end, I even forwarded it to a couple different listeners. I had them read it and they were like they were like basically longtime listeners and um I, I don't want to say i don't they were not very much on this person's side that was attacking me because i want to i want to always be able to look at myself and and say well am i actually guilty of of these things am, am i you know I'll, I'll put it out to a third party what do you think and they couldn't be more against what they were saying, but it was obvious they were overwhelmed. This this person was overwhelmed with the news cycle that I was that I have been covering really ever since '06. Um, <clears throat> I'm not responsible though for the news cycle. As a watchman, I'm here to report on it, and I try to interject a lot of scripture. I believe I interject far more than most watchmen from what I've seen. And obviously, if you're just looking at the alternative media, 
a lot of it's secular, they don't interject any hope at all. None whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying that makes me the gold standard, but I've, I've tried to be cognizant of that over the years. Tried not, yes, I have to report on a lot of seemingly doom and gloom uh, subjects, but then again, you know, we know how the Bible turns out. We know how the book ends. The Bible does say evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. We know we're going into the darkest time the world's ever known as we inch toward the seven-year tribulation. You know, you, you look at what the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians and the book of Daniel and Revelation about the times that we're moving into. And, you know, I, I wish that the church collectively was doing its job better to warn um, <clears throat> their parishioners of what is coming. But for the most part, I've seen that not to be the case. So I feel like contending for truth exists for that very reason. I'm trying to put... And I always, you know, I, I try to back up what I go over as much as I possibly can. I mean, I always give the supporting links. Most of the time, there's documentation or, or some type of verifiable news report involved. And on the rare occasions that it's not, I make provisos and I, I say that this is this is a third party, un, you know, I give that information. But a lot of times the reason I read that is because it confirms, you know, 13 years of studies I've just done. And it's just confirmation on that. So, but this is the verse after I, I got to reflect for a couple days. This is the verse, because I asked God, I'm like, am I guilty of this? Is this what I'm, you know, am I being this burdensome stone to my listeners type of thing? And this is the verse that kept going through my head. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Meaning, this person was in the spirit of heaviness and blaming me for the news cycle, essentially, that I'm covering. And what is the remedy for heaviness in the Bible? The garment of praise. So if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed with the news cycle or with what I'm covering in this type of stuff, listen, I don't blame you. I don't. I don't blame you. I'm on your side. I get it. I wish I didn't have to do this. Truly, I do. But... You might need to push away and you might just need to, you know, really refocus in on the Lord Jesus Christ. Play praise and worship music. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I try to like when I get roll out of bed in the morning, get go right to my knees. Now, I'm not saying I always remember to do this, but go right to my knees and just praise the Lord for what he's done in my life. And, and the fact that I'm even here able to do what I'm doing, you know, with this ministry, I'm just very, very grateful for it. So that is the ultimate remedy for the spirit of heaviness. And that's another one of those verses that, you know, um, you've heard of like the stories of like martyrs and stuff that were, that were getting ready to be devoured by the lions or whatever, you know, stories you might have read in Fox's Book of Martyrs or wherever. And a lot of times in their last moments, they were praising the Lord Jesus Christ. I've heard of many accounts of... Um, Christians faced in in the face of pure evil and overwhelming odds and they start praising the Lord Jesus Christ and you know angelic intervention happens that type of thing God intervenes and they're delivered um, the devil the devils and the devil hate when you praise the Lord they hate it they, they can't stand when you worship the Lord they can't stand when you praise the Lord it is like throwing battery acid on them 
Uh, even even alien abductions, I've heard of those types of accounts where, I mean, many, many accounts where people just cry out to Jesus and the, and the abductions absolutely stop and then never reoccur. And this is after they, maybe they've been abducted multiple times. And then let's say they get saved and then the next time it starts to happen, they cry. And then there's a whole, there's a whole ministry on that one, the CE4 research. CE4 research, Joe Jordan. Just, he's got hundreds of accounts of eyewitness accounts of 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 testimonies of that happening so <clears throat> it's also a weapon in other words it's not just to combat the spirit of heaviness but it's also a weapon of our warfare and you add that to the full armor of god and you know many other things in the bible and you've got a good game plan for warfare so then um Ezra 9.5 says, And at the evening sacrifice I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. So <clears throat> what I did is I did a keyword search for just that word heaviness, which is also obviously heaviness is associated with mourning. Many now granted, you, you, you don't necessarily have to be in mourning to be in heaviness, you know, mourning is a specific thing of like, you know, you're mourning over the loss of something. A lot of times you associate it with the loss of a loved one. Okay. But they could not, it could be, you know, you're, let's say America, you're, you're, you're grieved over how wicked America's become. You're in mourning over that. You could be, you could be in heaviness over that. So mourning and heaviness seem to be very much connected and, and they're used a lot of times in close proximity proximity to one another um like the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so i rose from upon my heaviness and having rent my garment and my mantle i fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the lord so <clears throat> that was ultimately the the remedy for the heaviness in this particular verse so they, they had such heaviness upon them, they rent their garment, meaning they tore their garment in their mantle. They fell upon their knees and spread out their hands on the, on the Lord. And obviously that's worshiping the Lord, most likely praising the Lord. So there you can see, you know, also the praising and worshiping of God um, as a remedy for the heaviness. Now, going to the next verse, Psalm 119.28, my soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. So reading the word of the Lord also helps to strengthen you and to remedy that heaviness, if that's what you're feeling. And, you know, I feel it too. I mean, as things get darker and, and the news cycle gets, and I, I see us, and then also too, it's just so apparent that this theater that we're in, that, um, so many Christians are unaware of, and so many conservatives are unaware of that Trump is on. It's just he's he's on that team, guys. I mean, it's crazy because like Dave Hodges does an interview this week with this guy named Vance Davis, and Vance is flat out telling Dave he's part of the show, quote the show. Okay, he's bought, sold, and paid for, Dave. He, even if he has honorable intentions, it doesn't matter. He's been bought, sold, and paid for for a long time. Now, he was very kind of genteel in the way he presented that, but Dave's there kind of in half 
agreement. And then he just goes right back to saying Trump's going to do this and Trump's going to do that in, in like the next broadcast. And it's almost like I see that over and over again now where it doesn't matter what you tell somebody that's a Christian or an alternative media of, I can give you, I've got, I don't know how many, I don't know, 75 to 100 pages of, of documentation on how wicked Trump is. It doesn't matter. That's what you give them. It doesn't matter. Because Trump's got to be good. Because Q says so. And because Mark Taylor says so. And because Jonathan Conjob says so. And Paula White says so. And the news cycle, Sean Hannity says so. And look at how they're attacking him. He's got to be good. It's right-left paradigm, guys. It's, it's Hegelian dialectic. It's all moving us to the same spot, ultimately. And they it's like they just, they'll acknowledge it for a split second and then they just go back. And again, it, it reminds me of this, of this thing that I've added to my, my header on all the PDFs now, which says in 1981, William Casey, CIA director, told the newly elected president, Ronald Reagan, and I just covered this, and I gave you the, the sources, I gave you the source of where it came from, um, when it was said, the whole nine yards. I just covered this in a recent teaching. The lady that took ownership of this, her email address, the whole nine yards, okay? In 1981, William Casey, CIA director, told the newly elected President Ronald Reagan, quote, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false, end of quote. And I, I really believe we're, we're pretty much there, <laughs> Uh, if not very, very close to it, very, very close to it. Because for the most part, most people that would identify as Christian and conservatives thinks that Trump is a great guy and he's really fighting for our rights and, and that, you know, they're buying into all the impeachment stuff and all the, the Russian collusion and the Ukraine, all these distractions to get our eyes focused on that, to get our energy spent on that. Then meanwhile, they're not looking at the puppet masters that are controlling the whole shebang. So, um, <clears throat> James 4, 8 and 9 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Nigh means near. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. It says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. So, most of the time, um... That's a much better place to be than I think where we would say maybe the average Christian is. You know, it would be better if they were afflicted and mourning, weeping, and letting their laughter be turned to mourning and their joy to heaviness. And when you do that, you have to humble yourself before God. But most Christians don't think there's a problem, anything what's going on really in the world with Trump's in the, in the white house. And my pastor would tell me if this was not in, they, they don't, they don't have a clue. I mean, I'm talking your average five, one C three. And I'm not saying that cause I'm in judgment of them. I'm just kind of stating facts. I was there at one time, you know, a long time ago, but It says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now, that doesn't mean we want to stay in heaviness and perpetually be in heaviness all the time. Okay? Because I 
I understand this type of news cycle can kind of tend to do that. But then again, I just gave you the remedy. And I really believe, I'm a big believer that the word of God, when you look at the word of God, you cannot isolate one verse. You need to have balance. Just like you need to have a balanced diet. You don't want to just eat the same food over. Why? Because you're going to develop deficiencies of certain vitamins, minerals, cofactors. If you just ate the same food all the time. I think that's why God gives us so much variety in the world. There's a variety of plant life. There's a variety of animal life. There's just a variety. I mean, you, you look at all the things you could potentially do in the world. And I mean, a lot of them are wicked, but there's a lot of wholesome things you can do. And that the, the whole expression, variety is the spice of life. I mean, I, I know that's not in the Bible, but I think that that's pretty much true, though, to a certain extent. I mean, you know, obviously, if it's done in godliness you know wouldn't apply to like wife swapping like a lot of people do is what, is what i'm trying to say it's it's you know you'd want to you, you want to keep that uh <laughs> in check from a biblical standpoint but um it says uh let your laughter return to morning and your joy to heaviness well why well i think ecclesiastes 7 2 through 6 is the reason why it says quote it is better to go to the house of mourning and that's when you like mourn for someone than to go to the house of feasting for that for that is the end of all men now what do they mean that is the end of all men well what they mean is if you go to a funeral which would be considered the house of mourning okay that's the end of all men i mean for the most part you know what i mean i mean I'm, i know you could say well, what if we rapture tomorrow okay well whether you're pre-trib post-trib mid-trib whatever let's take that out of the equation i'm just saying for the last how many thousands of years um the only two people that didn't die were enoch and elijah you know they were translated they were taken essentially those are the only two people i know of in the bible that escaped death most likely that's the reason they're going to come back as the two witnesses that's my theory i think a lot of other people share that um <clears throat> because they didn't die because the Bible says it's it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the ju the judgment, and they did they did that in dis a dispensation before Jesus had come. That's a whole other study. But anyway, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men. And again, death is what they mean is the end of all men. That's in the house of mourning, and the living will lay it to his heart. Meaning, even if you're unsaved and you go to a funeral that's a that's a good place for an unsaved person to be because that person if they if they're honest with themselves at all they're going to lay that to their own heart they're going to realize this is where i'm going to end up too my day is coming I, I can remember going to my grandpa myers's funeral when i was a little um kid i don't know i don't know was i 11 or 12 i guess i think it was up in ohio and um that was the first time i'd ever been to a funeral <clears throat> and um i can remember my dad's friend i don't know this always stuck with me my dad had a friend named robin and robin was a and it was a guy and, and um he was a absolute total chronic alcoholic this guy every single night when he got home he was just sloshed i mean and i'm talking hard liquor 
he lived like this for decades. Um, his wife finally divorced him. They moved to like the Atlanta area. And when I was going to chiropractic college, actually, they were down there. Because I was in I was in the Atlanta area, and they were, and then she finally divorced him, and um, I think he, I don't think he ever got remarried, and, and and I just I could never understand how that guy could live as long as he lived and drink as much as he drank every single day. I, I he probably died. Hmm, I, I don't know. I guess he probably didn't make it till 60, but the sheer amount of alcohol he put away, I was really surprised he could live that long. And I can remember that at this funeral, he showed up, but it was a real quick appearance. It was my grandpa Myers. It was a real quick in and out. And I can remember my dad saying something about that where, yeah, Robin, Robin's not much for, for funeral. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, um, dwell on that he's going to get out of dodge pretty quick and, and he he's going to get there go there just long enough to maybe be considered paying his respects but he's out of there and that's what happened i don't, I don't know why but that always stuck with me and he um he didn't want to lay it to his heart that that's the end of all men he wanted to avoid that and, and he knew what kind of lifestyle he was living i mean i never knew a time growing up when I couldn't remember going over there and staying when I was a little kid. I'd go up to Ohio's for the summer, stay with my grandma and grandpa Myers, and um, I'd go down there. He had a couple kids, and um, I'd go down there and spend the night, and I can remember going down into the basement, and I don't know if you've ever... Ohio I, Ohio was in the country, and, and it had... Um, I love the, the smells of, like, the woods in Ohio. It's, it's different than it even is here in North Carolina. There, there's... I don't know. I, I guess it's just memories you get burned into your childhood. And I had some of my best memories as a child up in Ohio in the country, being out in the country and um, in the woods and stuff with, with my uh, my uncles and my cousins and stuff like that. It was a very wholesome, good time. And it was almost kind of a relief, I think, to get away from my dad, too, during the summers. Because <laughs> my dad was kind of uh, kind of a angry, raging dude. And... Um, I can remember going over there and spending the night, going down into their basement. I'm pretty sure that's where the where the kids slept and where I would spend the night. And you'd go down there and if you've ever smelled like an old bar, like up north, it, it's it's a very distinctive smell. It's not like walking into a nightclub. It's different when it's old and it's it's been and this is they had lived in this house a long time and he he like would get drunk every single night. Where, where a lot of booze had been poured, a lot of cigarettes had been smoked. And that, that smell and that feeling, and I probably was picking up on a lot of demons too. I, just, I can remember that, you know. He, the guy always, from, from the earliest possible age, he was drunk every single, I'm talking, almost fall down drunk every single night. But he didn't want to lay that to his heart. He, he didn't want to, I think deep down he knew. He knew something was real bad, laying a weight for him and um when it came to funerals man he didn't want to spend or dwell on any of that very long um then it goes on to say sorrow is better than laughter this says it right there but how many people in the modern day would would say that they, they would think sorrow is a bad thing well the and this was um 
this has been said before that you know you don't a tree you don't see trees growing on the mountaintops you see them growing in the valley okay and you grow in the valley and the valley is always a lot of times associated with like hardships and mourning and things of this nature but you don't see the trees growing on top of the mountains they can't there's nothing to take root there's not enough oxygen you know so you might be on top of the mountain but you're probably not going to learn a lot of lessons up there in other words you've heard, you've heard probably a lot of people that were in sports and they were like well they were champions or whatever but then they would have a big loss and they would say well yeah but i learned more from this loss than i ever learned from like the 10 championships i won and i think that's a component of this as well sorrow is better than laughter for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better it's like a purifying thing mourning and heaviness can be a purifying thing now granted you could fall into a spirit of a uh, deep depression spirit of depression some of that can be chemically induced and i mean chemically i mean like okay let's say you're in an area like okay we're going into winter now there's not a lot there the sun goes down a lot quicker the sun's at a different angle that you you're if you're not out in the sun you're not producing near as much vitamin d vitamin d has a lot to do with sads which is seasonal affective disorder your pineal glands not being stimulated you know you need extra vitamin d you need your b vitamins you need those types of things in in that can be a physiological thing as well so there's that's why you'll hear me talk so much about the nutritional and the supplement and the dietary side and then also the spiritual side because god created us body soul and spirit and if one part of that um, link okay body soul and spirit you're only strong as the weakest link so if your body's not getting what it needs even though your heart may not you know be wanting to, to gravitate toward heaviness maybe there's no spirit of depression involved and i mean an evil spirit of depression but if you're nutritional end if it's all wrecked well then probably despite your best efforts you're going to struggle with depression you know just from the supplemental side alone so i kind of try to like go after all the weak links goes on to say the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning so it says wise people are in the house of mourning i think it's wisdom to go to funerals you know not so you can be become enamored in depression but i mean it says it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for that is the end of men and the living will lay to his heart in other words it helps you to prioritize what's really important the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning but the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh myrrh meaning like frivolity and partying and that type of stuff the freemasons have a the highest i believe one of the highest um badges or whatever you can earn and i believe it's beyond even a shriner is a jester badge you heard of the shriners well you got to be like a 30 30 degree freemason to be a shriner okay which they basically take their oaths on a quran and it's totally wicked and evil and i've done studies on this on freemasons and shriners but then there's another one called the jesters and if you ever are behind a car and you see this like i don't know is it six-pointed star whatever i know there's the order of the eastern star and then there's the jester badge now i've heard a lot of horror stories about the jesters 
Uh, I remember Bill Schneblin one time gave a uh, presentation. He said, uh, if you know a jester, be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> and the Royal Order of the Jesters, the Shriner's Secret Society. Um, the, the, the Shriner's Society's Secret Society. Their motto is myrrh is king. Okay. But the Bible says, like we just said, the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh. So it's con it's absolutely contrary to what the Bible says. The jesters pride themselves in having control of all leadership positions of all shrine temples. Like I said, they're above shriners. In the U.S. and Canada, as well as the imperial shrine leadership. I mean, I can't even really relay to you the debauched evil things that they do at the jester meetings from what the feedback I've seen. It's... Basically, a lot of the meetings degenerate into, and I'll, this is all I'll say, into a big sexual orgy. Members with members, men with men, they bring in prostitutes. It's really, really bad. I mean, it's about as bad as anything you could envision. And I've seen uh, multiple uh, reports on that. Here's the jester badge. I'm looking at it now. I understand. Um, wow. That's pretty... Um, that's really... Eve, I couldn't repost that. Nope. Um, just doing like a little keyword search online for the jester badge. It's Murr's King. And uh, they've got this little guy that um, is like their symbol for this the the billy it's this thing called a billikin is their symbol and it reminds you of more of a little bit more of a trimmed down version of a buddha the billikin was a charm doll created by the american art teacher and illustrator Flo florence perez of st louis missouri who is said to have seen the mysterious figure in a dream mm, okay in 1908 she obtained the design patent of the ornamental design of the billikin who was an elf elf-like with pointed ears a mischievous smile and a tuft of hair on his pointed head um his arms are short and he was generally sitting with his legs stretched out in front of him to buy one it was said to give the purchaser luck and uh, it's associated with myrrh and laughter and frivolity and all the all of these things that the bible is talking about in the verses that I was just going over today the billiken is the official mascot of the st louis university St. Louis University High School, both Jesuit institutions, imagine that, both located in St. Louis, and it's also the official mascot of the Royal Orders of Jesters, an invitation-only Shriner group affiliated with Freemasonry. So it's wicked. It's like bringing in a, a wicked, evil devil symbol, symbol into your... Now, I, I've done t teachings on Jesters, if you can, Jesters, in the keyword search box, or you can just go up to the internet and just key in freemason jesters exposed um you should find this i mean if you're using a good search engine like DuckDuckGo or one of the ones that aren't like big brother like google or those types anyway i know i got off on it tangent there but when i saw that the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh that really came into my head myrrh is king is their motto and those are like the most elite of the elite of the elite of the freemasons now i understand according to schneblin they go up to 90 degrees in this type of stuff so 
but I do think they're right up there. And like I said, they control evidently the jesters individually control the Shriners, and the Shriners are more powerful than the free the thirty third degree Freemasons. So it's like a hierarchy. But see, in order to go up in the ranks, you have to be you have to be doing more and more evil, debauched things. I can't. I just revisited a little bit of um, in court documents what they've been accused of the jesters. I, I can't get into it here. It's too vile. It's too wicked and evil. So it's that bad. And then it goes on to say in the Ecclesiastes 7 verses 2 through 6, it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is laughter of the fool. This is also vanity. And then some other verses. Um, James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So, humility always, um, before honor is humility, the Bible talks about. Pride goeth before a fall, you know, but honor is before humility. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So, when you feel like you're overwhelmed with heaviness and these types of things, just intention in your own mind to cast all of your care upon the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Another one, really good one to think about. And you can print these out. They're at the start of this PDF for uh, November 11th, 11-11-19 at contendingfortruth.com. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So this is another remedy for heaviness and depression. And when you feel overwhelmed, dwell on really positive verses in scripture. You know, Psalms and these types of verses, I think is a great remedy for that. Yes, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Praise and worship music. These types of positive Bible verses. And again, if you feel like you got to do it, back away from the negative news cycle for a time. Or sometimes just take it in little pieces as, as you can, as you feel led. Um, let's go further here. Isaiah 26.3 Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. I inserted the why, but it says because he trusteth in thee. So when your mind is stayed on God, it says God will keep you in perfect peace because you're trusting in him. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And faith is implied in trusting, if you think about it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But in order to trust in God, you have to have faith in him. So a lot of this boils back to faith as well. And then you have Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And this is a good one to pray like if you're feeling overwhelmed. I pray this pretty much every day, just about. Well, maybe not every day, but hopefully several times per week. He restoreth my soul. You ever feel like your soul needs restored, you know? Well, right here. This is a great verse, to, great uh, psalm to pray. 
He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So even in the presence of your enemies, he can prepare a table before you. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You can be blessed exceedingly and abundantly even in the presence of your enemies, is what that's saying. And then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, by saying that these verses and affirming them and believing them, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So again, this is another reason you want to dwell on these types of verses, when, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're in a spirit of heaviness or if you're mourning and these types of things. Um, as a man thinketh, so is he. You could dwell on all the darkness and then you're just going to go into further darkness. Now, I also believe deliverance could be a huge component with this as well because if somebody's prone to depression and then they, they see a lot of negativity in the news cycle and they're not in the word enough, those demons of depression are really going to work on them. And in that particular regard, you need to do deliverance for that. And I've given out the information before. The Win Whirly Mass Deliverance is a great place to start, probably several times. And then the Breaking Curses Off Your Life by Derek Prince. These are all things I've given out. I can email you those. If you email me, I'll send them to you. And then you can do if maybe specific deliverances after that for depression. Self-deliverance. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to go to a deliverance minister, but it's such a dice shoot. And so many of deliverance ministers I've been exposed to are they themselves really messed up in some weird um, dogma put it that way i'm not saying they all are but it's a dice shoot and i don't know where to really tell you to go in other words regarding that there are networks up there um but i'd say praying fast about it if you're going to go that route and if you pray and fast before you do deliverance you're always going to get a better effect anyway even jesus said this kind cometh out not but by prayer and fasting so there were certain types of devils and demons that would not go out unless you prayed and fast fasted and so that's another thing to think of. But it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So just think about, you know, that. Think about you know, saying that over and over. And let's say there's angels of one angel called goodness and one angel called mercy. Okay. Are there, are there specific angels tasked with specific things in heaven? Absolutely. Just like in Satan's hierarchy, there are specific demons and devils that are tasked with doing specific things on an evil level. There's some that are geared towards sexual perversion. There's some that are geared toward greed. There's, I mean, I've seen many, many firsthand accounts of, of that specific thing of people that have had after-death experiences and things of this nature. Howard Pittman's a good one if you want to know more about that. I met him in person. Um, I saw him speak in person. I, I don't think that, that gentleman is a, is a liar. I'm sorry. He wrote several booklets. I don't think he is a liar. And he was coming from a Baptist minister background. And that's not something Baptists ever can talk about. You know what I mean? I mean, you just don't talk about that if you're a Baptist. I've been in really strict Baptist churches, and that's not brought up. Um, but he did, because it happened to him. And um, Howard Pittman, I, he's probably passed away. He's another one. I tried to help him, and, and I, I offered him a protocol and i didn't hear back from them because they were totally in the medical thing and i can only assume the worst but 
Maybe he's still live. I don't know. But he was he was really getting up there. Um, but a, a wonderful man of God. Don't have anything negative to say about him at all. But um, you can have angels specifically associated with goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will do on the house of the Lord forever. And just think about those two angels called goodness and mercy just following you wherever you go, wherever you walk. They're, they're following you. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Well, I mean, if we can't, I mean, we can't see into the spiritual realm and God's, God assigns us angels. Why can't that be the case? You know? So I don't know, just trying to give, give some encouraging things there for, um, dealing with all this horribly negative stuff. And unfortunately the first report here, and I really felt like I needed to play this whole thing because, um, again, this confirms so much of the research that I've got into, but it also goes into a, to a lot greater level. Now, we're, this is a big interview from Debbie Downer Tavares, okay? I'm probably just going to end this part here, even though I'm only about to the 40-minute mark, because I know this is going to take longer. This is like over a 50-minute clip here. Uh, I normally don't like to play audios this long, but you know, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, how can I exclude that? How can I exclude that? And I'm trying to give you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information regarding what we're facing. Because a lot of times it's not just about what maybe you might be facing, but you might have some people in California where this is going on that need to be warned and, and you might be able to help them. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. And we will go to part two next. So God bless you and see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G. F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson. 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.